Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of John chapter 10 and verse number 10. This is one of my life verses. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. And we're going to be reading it out of the amplified version this morning. Jesus said, the thief or the devil, Satan, comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I want you to notice why Jesus came. Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. Have it to the full until it overflows. Title of my message today is Let's Do Life Together. Let's do life together. Father, thank you for your incredible, your infallible, your miraculous word. God, I pray today, Lord, that your anointing will rest upon your word today. Lord, upon your message and upon your messenger today. God, upon the ears of the hearer today. God, I pray, Lord, that you will speak through me today. Make me your very mouthpiece, your spokesperson. Let me speak the very word that you would have to be spoken today. Father, we ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You can be reseated this morning. Someone said, life is better together. I say, it depends on who you are doing life with. (laughs) Jesus said that he came so that we might have and enjoy life. Say, enjoy life. He said that we might experience an abundant life, that our lives would be full and overflowing. How many believe that Jesus is the supreme example in every area? Let me ask you this question this morning. How did Jesus do life? How did Jesus do life? You see, surely he, he wouldn't tell us that we could experience abundant, full, and overflowing life. If he himself didn't experience life to this degree, how did Jesus do life? Well, I want to suggest three ways this morning in which Jesus did life while he walked in the shoes of man. First of all, I want to suggest that that he did life with purpose. Jesus did life with purpose. See, Jesus lived his entire life centered around his purpose. He knew who he was sent to and what he was sent for. I want to suggest two things about the purpose of the life of Jesus. First of all, I want you to notice that his purpose was unselfish. Say unselfish. John chapter 6 and verse number 38, Jesus said, I have come down from heaven. Notice, notice, why did Jesus come down from heaven? He said, to do the will of God who sent me, not, say not, not to do my own will. I don't know this morning, but, but, but maybe the reason why you can't seem to find your purpose uh, in life is because you assume that it's going to be centered around you. Jesus said that his purpose was not to fulfill his will, but to fulfill the will of his Father. 
See, so if you don't know what your purpose is, perhaps, perhaps it's because you don't understand that God didn't create you to do what you want to do, but God created you to do what he wants you to do. You say, well, pastor, what does God want me to do? Well, first and foremost, he wants you to love him with all of your heart and love him with all of your soul and love him with all of your might. And this will include obeying the teachings of his word. Second, he wants you to be actively engaged in some type of ministry. Yes, it's not just the pastor, it's not just the missionary, it's not just the evangelist, it's not just the staff member that has ministry. But God wants every single one of us that name the name of Christ to have a personal ministry. Here's a thought this morning, here's a thought. If you don't know what your purpose is, perhaps your purpose is simply to help fulfill somebody else's purpose. So if you're having difficulty finding your purpose in life and discovering your purpose and finding out what your purpose in life is, let me encourage you, find someone, amen, that has a purpose in life and do your best to help them fulfill their life's purpose. At least that'd be a good place to start. Let me remind you that our purpose at the Grace Place is to be caring people, caring for people. Hey, may it may be, perhaps you could help us fulfill our purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, maybe you could join with us and help us fulfill our purpose. Let me remind you of how we fulfill or endeavor to fulfill our purpose at the Grace Place. We do it, we do it two ways. First of all, we do it by providing care for all of our people. Listen, let me tell you that my heart's desire, let me tell you that one of my main goals as pastor of this church is to create an atmosphere of caring. That is what I'm all about, and that is what I believe God has called me to do here at the Grace Place, and that is to develop an atmosphere of caring. So how do we fulfill our purpose of caring people, caring for people at the Grace Place? We do that, first of all, by providing care for all of our people. And we are attempting to do this primarily through C groups. And I encourage every single one of you today to join a C group. Second way that we fulfill our purpose at the Grace Place is we do it by partnering with caring ministries around the world. You can be a part of this by making a faith promise to our missions ministry and being faithful to give it every single month. But not only was the purpose of Jesus unselfish, but, but let, me, let me say this, his purpose, his purpose was uncompromised. Uncompromised. Luke chapter 9 and verse number 51, the Bible says, As the time drew near for Jesus to ascend to heaven, he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus was laser focused. He knew what his main purpose was, and so he kept the main thing the main thing. Too often we major on the minors. Understand the main thing is the what, the minor thing is the how. I'm going to say that again this morning. The main thing is the what. The minor thing is the how. Sometimes our focus gets blurred because we are so busy with the how that we forget all about the what. 
It's the what that should motivate us, not the how. Here's what I've come to know, and that is we will always be offered alternate routes on the road of our life's purpose. And how many understand that detours slow us down and detours frustrate us and detours can sometimes even cause us to take a totally different path. Let's do life together. Let's do life like Jesus did life. How did Jesus do life? He did life with purpose. So I challenge all of us this morning, let's find people who have a similar purpose in life and do life together. But not only did Jesus do life with purpose, but let me suggest, number two, that, that, that he did life with passion. Passion. Write this down this morning. Purpose fuels passion. Purpose fuels passion. Passion is a natural byproduct of purpose. In John chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus said that his meat or that his nourishment came from doing the will of his Father who sent him and from finishing his work. In other words, in other words, Jesus said that his purpose fueled his passion. His purpose motivated him. Let me take a moment here this morning and suggest two things about passion. Two things about passion. First of all, passion energizes us. Passion energizes us. John chapter 9 and verse number 4, Jesus said, We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, Jesus said, when no one can work. Here's what I know. We will always have energy for what we love doing. Would you agree with that this morning? We will always have energy for what we love doing. You keep telling the, you know, your kid, you know, it's time to clean your room. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired. Listen, the child who is too tired to clean their room has plenty of energy to play. The man who cannot get off of the couch to mow the lawn will jump off the couch to go hunt or fish or play golf. Passion energizes us. We will always have energy for what we love doing. Notice two things about passion. First of all, passion makes us more effective. Passion makes us more effective. You can jump in and say amen anytime. Been waiting a while, but you can just anytime, just jump in. Passion makes us more effective. What we love doing, we do well. Pastor Clay loves to sing. He sings all the time. (laughs) Everywhere he goes, whoever he is with, he sings in the office. He sings while he's walking down the hall. He sings before we begin our staff meetings. He probably sings in his sleep. Why? He is passionate about singing, and he's good at it. Passion energizes us. 
passion makes us more effective. We will always have energy for what we love doing. And what we love doing, we will do well. Let's do life together. Let's find some people who have similar passion like we do and do life together. How did Jesus do life? Well, well, he did life with purpose. He did life with passion. And let me suggest number three, he did life with people. People. Let me suggest three things about the people Jesus did life with. Because I'm sure that you have not thought about this. I'm sure you have not, you have not studied this. You have not investigated this. So let me suggest three things about the people that Jesus did life with. First of all, Jesus did life with people he picked. Say picked. Jesus loved everybody. He's Jesus. He's got to love everybody. Come on. Help me out a little bit this morning. Jesus loved everybody, but he didn't hang out with everybody. He hung out with and did life with the people he picked. Say, Pastor, you have scripture for that? I certainly do. Mark chapter 3 and verse number 13, the Bible said Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted. Who did he call? The ones he what? Did he call everybody? Yes, he called everybody to salvation, but did he call everybody to hang out with him? No, the Bible said Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. See, see, the multitudes came to Jesus. There was something about Jesus. There was some charisma about Jesus that drew people to him. The multitudes came to him. But the ones that he chose to hang out with were the ones he handpicked. We should love everybody. But we shouldn't do life with everybody. Not consistently. Two types of people we should have in our life. Number one, we need, we need someone in our life who is beyond us. We need someone in our life that is beyond us. Someone who's ahead in the game called life. Someone that is, that is beyond us who can help pull us up to where they are. It's called a mentor. But not only do we need someone in our life that is beyond us, but we also need someone in our life who is behind us. Someone behind us, someone that, that, that we are ahead in the game called life, and they are someone behind us that we can help pull up to where we are. In other words, someone for us to mentor. But also... Also, we need people in our life, people, people with similar purpose and passion. So, so the relationship will progress naturally and not be strained. Some people who are in the same season of life that we are in. So we will have things in common to talk about. How did Jesus do life he did life with people, people he picked. But not just people he picked, but, but also people he partnered with. 
People he partnered with, Mark chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, speaking of Jesus, says that, that he appointed 12 of them. How many did he appoint? He appointed all of them? No, he appointed 12 of them. And they called them his apostles. His apostles. And they were to accompany him. And he would send them out to preach. And he would give them authority. Who, who did Jesus do life with? He, he did life with people. He did life with people that he partnered with. Jesus did life with people who shared his heart for ministry. People with like passion and and purpose. How, how many understand that it's fun? It's fun to do life with people of like passion. Let's do life together. Let's not isolate ourselves. Let's gather people around us that have similar hearts like we do. And so for me personally, that would include people who love God and love family. If I'm going to gather people around me that have a passion and a purpose uh, like I do, I'm going to gather people around me that are all about the Lord and all about the family. I'm going to gather people around me that, that, that don't take themselves too seriously. Some people just wear me out. I mean, they just, just take themselves way too serious, you know. Um, I'm going to gather people around me, people who have a, have a desire to make a difference in our world through caring for people. That, that, that's who I'm going to include in my circle. That, that's going to be a part of my, of my 12 people that, that have, a, have a genuine desire to make a difference in life, who don't want to just take up space, who don't want to just breathe in and breathe out air, but actually want to have a purpose, a reason to exist, that actually, actually wants to make a difference in our world through caring for people. People. I'm going to gather people that are positive. I'm going to gather people that are upbeat. <laughs> you know, people that you don't ask them how they are, and 45 minutes later they're still telling you. <laughs> I'm going to gather people that are positive. I'm going to gather people that are upbeat. I, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to gather uh, uh, people uh, n- not, not people that are always moaning and groaning. And it's in every walk of life. You, you have it at your job when you stand around the cooler and, you know, there's those moaners and groaners and, you know, all of those, you know, woe is me kind of people and everything's bad and everything's wrong and the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Listen, listen, it's in, my, it's in my group too. Listen, there's pastors that all they want to do is gather and badmouth the church and badmouth the deacons and all of these woe is me and things are bad and the church is so, oh, it's so, oh, listen, that's not the kind of people I gather with. Positive, upbeat people. Not people who set themselves up as judge and jury over others. Not people who have appointed themselves master of the universe. Not people who are hypercritical of everyone and everything that doesn't fit properly and perfectly in their little box. Hey, if Jesus carefully handpicked his closest relationships, I think we should too. 
How did Jesus do life? He did life with people, people he picked, people he partnered with, and finally, people he shared pain with. Matthew 26, verse 36 through 38 says, Then Jesus went with them. He went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. And he took, say he took. He took Peter, James, and John with him. Say with him. He took Peter, James, and John with him. And notice, he became anguished and he became distressed. And he told them, say he told them. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Notice Jesus said, keep watch with me. Even Jesus needed people when he walked through his darkest hour. He shared his pain, not with everybody, not with the multitude, not with the crowd. He, not even with the twelve, but he shared his pain with the three people he was most close to. Romans 12, verse 9 through 15 says, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just pretend. Don't just say you're caring people, caring for people, and that's just a motto, and you get up there, and you put your game face on, and you put on this pretend plastic thing, and that's who you are for the, you know, four hours that you're at church on Sunday, two services. No, no, no. No, Jesus says don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. And he went on to say, Rejoice with others who are rejoicing and weep when others are weeping. Honestly, I've discovered it's not difficult for me to find those that will weep with me when I'm weeping. They're more than willing to get down in the muck and the mire with me and wallow around. They're just glad it's me and not them. But it's very difficult and very rare when people really, genuinely will rejoice with you when you are rejoicing. Because secretly they're saying, why you and not me? It's very difficult. To rejoice when others are rejoicing, especially when things are not going well for you at the moment. Our takeaway today, our takeaway today is this. Let's do life together. Let's share each other's joys and help carry each other's burdens. Today, we will begin choosing our C groups. Now, C groups have two components The first component of our C group is caring, caring. Again, it is my desire to to create an atmosphere of caring. For the last several years, we've had our care ministry going. These C groups are just piggybacking. They're just, you know, uh, growing into, uh, from the care ministry. So caring has been a part of our component for many, many years here at the Grace Place. So C groups. Two components. The first one is caring. 
The members of these C groups will care for one another. Yes, every C group will have a leader, but it's not just about a leader caring for the people in the C group, but this is all about everybody, everybody in the C group caring for one another. Yes, there'll be a leader. Yes, there'll be somebody in charge, but they're not the only ones that's going to care. They're not the only ones that's going to do ministry. They're going, we're, you're going to be doing ministry and doing life together. In these C groups, you will share each other's joys and you'll help carry each other's burdens. C groups will meet officially once a month, sometime during the week of the first Sunday of every month. We're calling this First Sunday. Say First Sunday. Now listen, your group doesn't necessarily have to meet on the first Sunday, but any time during that week. Second component of our C groups is connection. Connection. We are hoping that through our C groups that you get to choose, that you will make some connections that will make you feel more of a part of the TGP family. Let me tell you that it breaks my heart that there have been people down through the years Not a lot, but there have been a few people down through the years. And they have left the church, but before leaving the church, they came to me and they said, we absolutely love the worship. We absolutely love the word, but we just didn't make a connection with any other people. Therefore, we're doing everything humanly possible, everything we know to do to alleviate this problem. May I also say this this morning, and that is we also understand that not everybody's going to want to be a part of a C group. Maybe you already have connection in the church, or you have several family members here that you connect with, and we're going to tell you, we're going to give you a get-out-of-jail-free card, that's okay. We're not going to make you feel guilty, we're not going to make you feel bad, we're not going to dangle you over hell and say if you don't grow, gain a, if you don't uh, uh, join a C group, you're going to hell. We're not going to do that. We understand, for whatever reason, some, there are some people that just will not want, nor will they, join a C group. And, and quite honestly, there are some people that are happy just enjoying the ministries of the church. And we give you a get-out-of-jail-free card, too. That's okay. But we also know that there's a, a big group of people that, that, that genuinely need to connect. And so C groups are not for necessarily everybody, which they were, but I guess they're not for everybody. But C groups are for people who want them and who need them. Let's do life together. Father, I thank you for your wonderful, wonderful word. God, I thank you today, Father, Lord, that you have blessed this church. Oh, just incredibly. Lord, it's just amazing. Amazing, your blessing upon this church, this congregation. God, I believe that we've only scratched the surface as to what you want us to do. The growth you want to send to us. The people you want us to connect with, Lord, in other parts of the world as the, as the fingerprints of the grace place. Just go from country to country, from ministry to ministry to ministry. 
God, I pray today, Lord, we believe this is your heart. We believe this is in line with the vision that you have for this house. It's all about caring people, caring for people. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that you will speak to the heart of those that need to connect with this ministry today. Bless Pastor Landon and Pastor Sean and others, but especially these guys that have worked incredibly hard, hour upon hour upon hour upon hour, trying to understand, comprehend, teach, train, motivate, systemize, all of these things. Father, I pray it will be a success, not for their glory or for their benefit, but for your glory so that we can better care for people. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.